this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. Today we're on the conclusion of our series on burnout. We've been talking about the different ways, different things that cause us to burn out in our lives and the ways that God can help us to survive that well. And today we're going to talk about one practice that can help us to mitigate against burnout in our lives. And that practice is Sabbath rest. We're in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14. It says, If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord. Excuse me. And I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We talked about how you... In today's culture, you can't really avoid burnout as well as survive as much as survive it, but Sabbath rest is a practice that God gives us to gird against burnout in our lives so that when it comes, it doesn't hit quite as bad. Or some things that would have caused us to burn out without a Sabbath might not cause us to burn out with it. So you might be thinking, I rest. I go on vacation, so what if I don't Sabbath every week? But the thing is, vacation doesn't quite cut it all the time. Vacation doesn't quite count as rest, especially in our culture today. In our culture, we don't rest as much as we crash. There's a big difference between resting and crashing. Here's the difference. There's a lot of research that's come out in the past few years around youth sports and, and about how youth are specializing a lot younger in their sports. These days, it's not uncommon for kids to pick one sport and play that sport year-round without really much of a break, especially if they're serious about their sport. If they want to get a scholarship, if they want to make a varsity team, there are some varsity teams that don't even let you play unless you are in a travel team on the off-season. The problem with this is that studies have shown that playing a single sport year-round when you're young leads to physical and mental burnout in minors. The way I think of it is that the human shoulder only has a finite number of pitches in it. Right? That number might be huge, but it's not infinite. And so if you're a pitcher and you're starting at a young age pitching 12 months a year, you're going to burn through those pitches a lot faster than you would if you took a break and played, ran track in the offseason or, or played football in the offseason because you're just not using that 
constant repetitive motion. The same goes for tennis serves. The same goes for blocks in football. The same goes for sprints in, in track. If you're doing the same repetitive motion over and over 12 months a year without ever resting that part of your body, you're using all of those pitches up before you even get a chance to go pro. So instead of resting and giving their shoulders a break in the off-season while they exercise other parts of their body, these students end up getting these career-ending injuries in high school or in college, and they crash. They go to the hospital and get surgeries that people didn't used to need until they had been pro for several years at the end of their career, and they're getting these surgeries now in high school and college. Because the human body wasn't designed to make the same stressful motion over and over without any kind of break. And so these students crash in their athletic career instead of resting where they should. Y'all, the human mind is the same way. The human mind wasn't meant to endure unending stress with no breaks. So even if our jobs aren't physically demanding, our, our jobs can be demanding in a lot of other ways. Our lives can be demanding in a lot of ever other ways. Have you ever heard of decision fatigue? Something that people wrote about a lot in the beginning of the pandemic. Kind of like a pitcher's arm, our, our brains have a finite number of decisions that they can make in a given day or a given week before we just kind of go to mush. And if we keep making these tough decisions day in and day out without giving our minds a rest, we can get to a place where our bodies rebel against us. Our blood pressure starts to go up. Our nervous systems go all wonky and we start feeling that, that shortness of breath. And, it, and it's the stress-related um, anxiety that just builds up in our bodies because our minds haven't stopped to take a break. Have you ever gotten home from the end of a day of hard work and your brain was so fried you didn't have the, the mental energy left to decide what to eat for dinner? It's just like, I, don't, I can't make this decision right now. Shovel any kind of food that, that you have into my mouth because I don't want to decide. Or you couldn't decide what to watch on TV. You notice that Netflix added a pick for me button because people don't want to decide what they even watch on TV, so they let the algorithm decide for them. That's burnout, baby. When you've made so many decisions that you can't make a decision of what to watch on TV, that's a problem. And these decisions don't, this decision fatigue doesn't come because we're just wishy-washy. It becomes because we don't have the processing ability left in our brains to make a single more decision. And if you string enough days like that together for enough weeks and months at a time, it can be seriously bad for your health. And I went through that. I thought I was having a heart attack one time. It was just anxiety. Y'all, God does not want you to live like that. That's not how he made the world to be. It's not how he designed your body to be. Even though Sabbath rest seems like it's an anathema to our culture, it doesn't mean that God's design for the human body has changed. 
God designed the world to work on a cycle. When God created the world, he took six days and put in the hard work. But you know what he did on the seventh day? Rested. He rested. That's correct, Ruth. Do you think our omnipotent, all-powerful God was just overwhelmed by all the work that it took to create the world? No. God could have kept going. He created more. He rested for our benefit, y'all. He rested to show us what it's like to have restraint. Just because God can do something doesn't mean he has to. God gave us the gift of rest on that seventh day. He gave us Sabbath so that we could have permission to leave some productivity on the table for the sake of our souls, for the sake of our bodies, and for the sake of our connection with him. He gave us the gift of Sabbath rest. And you know what? If that's good enough for God, then it ought to be good enough for us. Because the fact is that the cycle is going to happen. We are going to have to take a break. And the question will becomes, will that break come because we have been obedient to God and rested? Or will it come because we crashed and just couldn't go on? We're going to break one way or the other. We're either going to get broken or we're going to take a break. It's wild to me that we treat the Sabbath in 2022 like it's some kind of a suggestion rather than one of the Ten Commandments. Could you imagine if we treated murder the way we treat Sabbath in the church? Could you imagine if we talked about lying the way we talked about Sabbath? Or adultery? Yeah, I know the Bible says not to murder, but who has the time to not kill anybody anymore? I know idolatry is bad, but nobody else seems to care about idolatry, so why should I? Man, if I got up in the pulpit and said that non-sarcastically, I'd get fired. And I ought to get fired. Because the Ten Commandments are a big deal. Rightly so. So why in the church do we act like Sabbath is not a big deal? Why on church do we load people up with all kinds of extra stress and extra work on a day that's supposed to be a day of rest? And we talked about this in Sunday school today. We hear churches and some pastors say stuff like, well, the devil never takes the day off, so not, neither can I. All right, well, since when is the devil our role model? God took a day of rest. God's got the devil under control. He wants us to rest. He gave us a commandment. He, God rested on the seventh day. He commanded us to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And he promised us a blessing if we would do it. He promised us joy. That's what we read in, in Isaiah today. The joy of the Lord is ours if we can just honor this day and keep it holy. Because Sabbath creates a space in our lives and in our calendar for God. When we take the Sabbath, we're clearing out our calendar once a week and we say, God, this day is for you. To give us our intention 
in our attention to restful connection with the God who gave us this gift. In the book Garden City, John Mark Comer says, Old Testament scholar Walterman Brueggemann said, people who, keep this, who live, ugh, people who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. Sabbath is a chance to take a long, hard look at our lives and to retune them to the right key to make sure that our life is shaped around what really matters. When we see stuff in our life that's out of whack, when we turn to Jesus, he comes and does his healing Sabbath work. When we keep the Sabbath, we live all seven days differently because we're retuning our lives to God. What a beautiful blessing for us. Sabbath girds our bodies against burnout and heals us when we've already burned out because God made us to be people who rest. And when we spurn that gift of rest, we're the only ones that suffer. God doesn't suffer from it. We're the ones that do. I remember when I was doing youth ministry, um, you know, they don't really incentivize youth ministers to rest very much. Because what happens is that people assume that youth ministers are not serious people. So if you want people to take you seriously, you've got to show up and you've got to put in the hours in the office and make sure that people see you working. But then you also have to work on the nights that the kids are doing stuff. So you work on Wednesday night and you work on Sunday night. And then when you have to lock in on Saturday, you work on Saturday. And then you go to see the kids in the school and you, you do all this to prove to people at church that you're not just a wacko who plays games and plays chubby bunny all the time. You know, you're a real serious adult. Uh, but the problem with that is that you spend so much time trying to prove yourself that that you don't really get in the rest. You can work all day and all night, and then people will still think you're an unserious kid. And that's what happened to me when I was doing youth ministry. I, I was spending all kinds of time uh, doing this just to prove myself, not even because I really had to. And then my kids were really young during that time. So I had this thing where all the time that I spent with my kids, I felt guilty because I wasn't spending it at work. And then all the time I was spending at work, I felt guilty because I felt like I was missing out on time with my kids. And um, that's a recipe for burnout. But then I read this incredible book by this guy named Matthew Sleeth. It's called 24-6. And it's about Sabbath. And um, I started to try to, to commit to taking a Sabbath day. It was Fridays. Friday's my Sabbath day. I'm not going to pick up the phone for kids, for, for youth group kids, I'm not going to plan events on Fridays. I'm just going to have that be a day for Sabbath. And it was great. That Sabbath time gave me space to discern what my calling was, to discern what kind of balance I needed to have, to, to discern what was going on inside of me that made me feel like I had to prove myself to other people. It connected me with God and it gave my life a better meaning. So you might say, okay, this all sounds great, Matt, but like, how am I actually supposed to do it? It's all, it sounds good to, to say that honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. It sounds good to say if you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, then God will give you joy. But like, it's the year of our Lord, 2022, and my boss is not going to just buy that I need a Sabbath day. 
So how do you actually take a Sabbath day in 2022? I've got a few tips for you. It's practical stuff. The first thing is that you just pick a day, right? You, you just pick a day. A lot of times for people, that day is Sunday. You go to church, you have a Sabbath day. That's what it's been traditionally in the Christian church. And that's, that's a great day. A lot of people have Sunday off. Some people don't. I don't have Sunday off. It's, uh, it's a big work day for me. So my Sabbath, as I said earlier, it continues to be on Friday. But you write it down in your calendar and you, you, you pick that day out and say, this day is for the Lord. The second thing, and this is the really hard one, this is the kicker. You have to sometimes say no to stuff to have a Sabbath day. And that's hard because people hate it when you say no to them. But the fact is you're never going to accidentally stumble into a Sabbath day. Very rarely are you ever going to have a day when nobody has asked you to do anything and participate in anything and you just don't have anything on your calendar. Those days happen every once in a while, but they don't happen once a week, not in my experience. So in order to have a Sabbath day, you might have to actually say no to somebody. You might have to turn down money. You might have to turn down opportunity. You might have to turn down you might have to risk letting someone down by saying this time is for the Lord and not for you. But it'll be worth it. The third tip for a Sabbath day um, is to, to, as best you can, free yourself from harassment. Matthew Sleeth, in that book I, I mentioned earlier, he, said, he defines rest as freedom from harassment. And y'all, I love that uh, that that um, definition of rest. I think it's a great way to think about Sabbath. Now, for some of us, the people that harass us the most live in our house and are short. So you can't just like, you know, get rid of those short people. Um, But there are things that we can do to mitigate that, to lower the temperature and actually enjoy each other. Take the time. Be intentional. Don't harass them. And maybe they won't harass you and you can work together for for some rest. Do the opposite of the stuff you would normally be stressed by. You know, there's there's, uh, this idea like if, if you have a physically demanding job, maybe sitting on the couch and watching some TV is a restful Sabbath. If you sit in front of a computer all day, Maybe getting out and getting into nature and taking a walk is a restful Sabbath. It's going to look different for different people. That's the third, the the next thing about Sabbath is that we cannot afford to introduce legalism into our Sabbath rest. We have to have grace. So if if you get legalistic about it, it's going to ruin it. That's what happened in Jesus's day. A.J. Swoboda says, when all is said and done, the worst thing that has happened to the Sabbath is religion. Religion is hostile to gifts. Religion hates free stuff. Religion squanders the good gifts of God by trying to earn them, which is why we'll never truly enjoy, enjoy a sacred day of rest as long as we think our religion is all about earning. That's what happened with the Pharisees in Jesus' day. They were so worried about policing people's rest that they harassed them about it and then they couldn't get rest. But don't be legalistic about it. It's okay to be flexible. It's okay to 
If something comes up and you need to take care of it, it's okay to take care of it. Don't be legalistic. Sabbath is a great day to connect with God and family. Eat good food. Sleep in. Connect with what's important to you that day. And the last tip for taking a Sabbath in 2022 is Sabbath is a day to pursue healing. Jesus did some of his best healing miracles on the Sabbath day. And he didn't care what anybody thought about it. Do what heals you on the Sabbath day. That can look different for different people. If people look at you and say, that's not resting, forget them. If it's resting to you, it's resting. We live in an age that will chew you up, burn you up, and spit you out if you let them. People will keep asking you. People will keep harassing you. People will keep taking from you. God does not want that for you. God wants you to rest. It doesn't mean to be lazy. Work hard six days a week. But on that seventh day, put a time for that put time aside for God and rest. A.J. Swoboda, again, an author of a book on Sabbath, said, The Sabbath teaches us that we do not work to please God. Rather, we rest because God is already pleased in the work that he has accomplished in us. You don't have to prove yourself to God. God is already pleased with the work that he's accomplished in you, and so he gives you rest. Sabbath gives us the space to be not to do. It shows us that God is already pleased with us. We don't have to prove ourselves. And when we take a Sabbath rest, the whole rest of your week gets a whole new energy. And then, when we do take a vacation, we're not, we're not trying to go from negative one to zero. We get to go maybe from zero to one. We can actually get some energy on our vacations rather than trying to recover from a crash. We can attack our vocations with the fervor that we just can't muster when we're trying to survive burnout. And we can enjoy a closeness and joy from the Lord that can only come when we're living our lives in obedience to Him. So today, during our final song, if you feel like you're called to renew an experience of Sabbath, I do want to invite you to the altar to pray. But I think the best response to this Sabbath teaching can happen at the altar, but it happens the best in our calendars. The best thing we can do today is pull out your calendar and find a day and write it down and say, this day is for the Lord. So let's respond in obedience today and get some rest. It can be transforming. Let's pray. God, burnout is a real problem in our culture. But you do not desire that life for us. When you created the world, you rested on the seventh day. You gave us the gift and the command to honor that day. And you give us the grace to make it happen. 
So God, I pray that you will make us a people of rest, a people of Sabbath, a people who pursue closeness with you above all else. I pray that you will give us the grace to honor your day without legalism, without without judgment, just out of obedience. God, give us joy in the Sabbath rest. In your name I pray, amen.